So glad that you have welcomed us into your home this morning, and I'm so happy to be bringing the Word of God to you guys. I hope you're as excited as I am. It's really going to be an amazing Word that will bring you inspiration and will just lead you to what God has called you to be. Even during these trying times, we need to believe that God has the best things in store for us, that greater is He that is in us than the one that is in the world. And if God before us, who can stand against us? So I want you to be encouraged this morning as we share the Word of God because God is definitely for us and we are going to come out stronger. We are going to come out better. And I'm super excited just what God has been doing in my life personally over the past uh, couple of weeks. And I'm really seeing growth. I'm really seeing the Lord taking me deeper in my faith, in my walk with Him. And I'm really, really convinced that Greater things are yet to come. It's exciting times ahead of us. Well, it's a special month. As you all know, we're celebrating the youth this month. It's youth month. And I just want to say to the young people, the young lions, the young fighters, uh, we got to come up stronger. We got to have more courage. As we remember the Sowetan uh, uprising, well, what is it, 1976? Yes, the Soweto uprising where the young people stood against inequality and obviously the ability to learn in a language they understand. And we are here today celebrating that. So as you are watching from home, I'm hoping that this world will help you as well to push against certain things that are placed uh, before you that are trying to hinder you from your progress. And as we listen to the word of God, may we find courage and strength to press on and move on and not give up. All right, so let us quickly pray before we go to the Word. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time, and Lord, I thank you for your grace upon my life, and even as I'm about to share your Word with your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you use me as an instrument, that you speak through me, that, Lord, I won't speak out of my own mind or even preparation, but, Lord, I pray that I may just be a mouthpiece. And use me, Daddy, just to say exactly what you want to say to your people. Fill each and every room right now with your presence so that people will know that you are as much there as you are here. All of this for the glory of your name. Amen and amen. I'm going to do almost like a study just to help you in grasping what I want to share with you this morning. So if you are writing down, uh, you can write making to becoming. That's my title for this morning, making to becoming. So get ready for it. And the, the, the key thing in this is that there are people in this world who are making a difference. And we have renowned people who make a difference. But there are people who are a difference, who become a difference. And the word today is supposed to inspire you to shift from making a difference to being a difference. Because those are two different things. And as we going into scripture, I'm going to show you how that looks like in your life. So I'm going to be speaking obviously mainly to young people, but definitely to everybody. You can relate to this word in one way or another on how you can be the difference, not just making a difference in your own life. So first of all, when as Christians, we know that before we were saved, we had our own dreams, we had our own initiatives, we had our own plans about our lives until God came and saved us and gave us His plan for our lives. And most of those plans that we have for our lives are about what we can do, and in some cases, the difference that we would like to make in the world. We would like to make a difference in the social justice space. We would like to make a difference in the music industry. We would like to make a difference in the creative industry. And there's all these things in which and 
spaces where we would like to live a legacy and make a difference. And I just want to say to you today that so long as you are not a Christian, all you can do is make a difference. But you can never transition from making a difference to becoming a difference unless you give your life to Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people who have died making a difference, but there are only a few number of people who actually become the difference. And becoming a difference speaks much more than just making a difference because if you're making a difference, we can look at a part of your life. We can look at a single thing that you did, a donation or a charitable work that you can do that we can say that thing made a difference. But if we're talking about being a difference, becoming a difference, that speaks about your life as a whole. And that's why the Bible is so significant because it doesn't tell you just about people's pieces of their lives, but it tells you about the whole story and what makes up a human being in totality. And from that life story, we realize that people of God were never just people who were meant to make a difference, but they were people who became a difference in their generation. So making a difference is based on what you do. When you make a difference, it's an act that you do. You can either be going to hand out food or helping people or inspiring people in any way. You are making a difference, but being a difference is based on who you are. So now it goes beyond just actions, but it speaks to personality. It speaks to character. It speaks to how you think and how you process things in your life. And I want to just say to young people this morning that if you want to be the next person that's going to really bring a move and a change in this world today. you got to move from the surface of making a difference. There's a lot of people in the world right now who are trying to solve problems in the surface by making some difference, and that is good. But we need to go deeper and start becoming a difference so that whenever people meet us, we are what we preach. We are what we say. We are not doing it momentarily, but our whole life is a message that we preach and that we speak on a daily basis. And to give you an understanding on this, we are going to read the book of Romans chapter number one, where we're going to start from verse number 11. And this is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. And he begins this just as an introduction of his reasons for his visit to the church. And he reads as follows, verse number 11. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that ye may be established. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart for you some spiritual gift so that you may be established, so that you may grow, so that you may become. So first of all, you got to understand that Paul was. You cannot make somebody watch you or not. You cannot give to anyone more than you've experienced yourself. So because Paul was, he says, I'm going to depart based on what I have. I'm going to give you these spiritual gifts so that you may be established. So making and becoming is, a, is, is, is two different things based on what we are and what we do. So Paul says, I am this, therefore I'm going to enable you to do what I do, but not only that, but to become what I have become. And it actually echoes it as he is about to close the same chapter in, sorry, the same book in the book of Romans, chapter number 14. If you look at verse number 7 and 8, it says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whatever we live for, we live unto the Lord. And whatever we, whether we die, we die 
unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or we die, we are the Lord's. So he says, whatever happens, we are belonging for the Lord. So now it's not about what we've done, but it's about what we have become. And another verse in chapter number 15, 29, he says, And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of blessing of the gospel of Christ. He says, when I come to you, I will come with the fullness of blessing in the gospel of Christ. What he says, I will come bearing all necessary gifts. So as Christians... We are bearers of the gifts of God for humanity. So gifts of healing, gifts of the prophetic, gift of tongues. All of these gifts that we come bearing are to minister to humanity, are to edify and establish people so that they can also become even as we have become ourselves. So when we read this book where Paul is writing to the church in Rome, he says a number of things speaking about law and grace, and we'll go through some of them, but at the end of it is so that you may be. So a lot of us can possess things. A lot of us can make things. But how many of us are really interested in becoming the people that God have called us to be? So if we are really going to make a difference in our generation, I implore you, brothers and sisters, let us aim to become. So let's read uh, chapter number 3, verse 28 of the book of Romans. Uh, it reads as follows. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without deeds of the law. So he says that I have come to you bearing these gifts. And in bearing this gift is so that you may be established. Not from your own works, he lays on says, because he's saying that as Christians, we are not defined based on what we do. And that's a very important thing that we need to understand. What we do is an after effect of what we are. So he says we were not justified based on what we do, but we were justified by the grace by faith. So when we believed in God, we were made perfect. When we believed in the message of reconciliation through Jesus Christ, we became as he is. We did not become saved once we started to do saved works. We became saved when we believed. And that's the importance of becoming instead of just making. The only way to become is to believe. And from becoming, therefore you do. But the first and most essential thing as Christians is for us to possess, for us to become the person of Jesus Christ. So Paul was speaking already as a person who was immersed in this person called Christ. And because he had an experience of what it is to become, he wanted people to share and partake of this tranquility and the serenity of becoming a believer in the Lord Jesus. So he says, we believe by faith. And later on in verse 31, he says, do we make void the law through faith? He says, God forbid, yea, we establish the law. So now you may ask yourself, you say, hey, but does that mean now, seeing that it doesn't matter what I do, I just have to believe, that means I can do anything. He later says, no, God forbid. He says, we establish the law by faith. So which means, if you are, for instance, as a person who has been saved, because you are saved, 
you will therefore do the standards of what you have received. You will live according to what you have received. So now you are not following a pattern of the world. You are following the pattern that God has put inside of you. The same way when Moses was writing down what God told him that the tabernacle looked like, he had to look at what God presented and apply it to the natural. And that's the same thing that the responsibility of a Christian today, that we have this blueprint of God that is written in our hearts, that is the handprint of God. We don't need to be told by people what to do. The Bible says the same anointing, it shall teach us all things. Now therefore, because we are, because we have become, therefore we do, but we cannot copy and do without becoming, because our doing will only reach the surface if we haven't really gone deep enough to becoming and reaching to the person of who Jesus Christ is. And he says, therefore when we have become, we establish the law. So now we don't need somebody to tell us, do not lie, do not steal, do not do this. But because the law of God lives in our heart, because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in us, it teaches us all things. It teaches us how to heal the sick. It teaches us how to love people. It teaches us how to give generously. It is who we are that makes us do these things. So the Holy Spirit is like a person who, who is teaching us our identity in Christ Jesus at all given times so that we do not live besides ourselves. If you remember the prodigal son, the one thing that made him change and made him go back home, the Bible says he came to himself. And I think one of the biggest delusions that we have today, we are not aware of who we are in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is nudging us to be aware of ourselves, to come to ourselves. Because when we come to ourselves, we have this sense of courage of doing because we know who we are and who we believe in. So he says, this is the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. Before, before, we, before we, we do, we have confidence in what we have received. And that's the essentiality of receiving Jesus Christ. Because once we know who he is, therefore we know what to do. And the reason why we don't know what to do is because we don't know who he is. And there is no way of us figuring ourselves out unless we know the one who lives in us, who tells us who we are in him. So he is for you so that he can make you become like how he is. So when, 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 when the father sent his son Jesus, he sent him to you so that you, through him, can see how you are supposed to be. He wants to save you so that you can see yourself through him and not through yourself. Now I want to encourage you as I come to the conclusion of this message this morning. That we are, therefore we do. And not the other way around. And if our identity is defined in Christ Jesus, it should not be defined by the circumstances of this world. So yes, we are on lockdown stage number three. Yes, we are still trying to find a solution as a world to this pandemic as coronavirus. But I just want to implore Christians this morning to come back to themselves, to come back to their senses and realize that we are not on the defense, we are on the offense. We cannot be afraid. We cannot just 
you know, huddle around our homes and be afraid. We are supposed to be on the offense. We're supposed to realize that greater is he that is in us. So it's okay to, to, to adhere to the regulations of the government, but not in fear. We ought to be there with boldness, knowing that we carry the answer to the dying society, to the dying world. And I am actually appealing to, to Christians who are feeling the push and, and, and the force of God saying, hey, you are not meant just to do these things. You were meant to be these things. Because when you actually become your life, it becomes your sermon. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. But your life becomes your message. So when you're walking into your workplace, when you're walking at home in where your family sees you, when you're walking with your friends, people can say more about your life more than what you do, more than what I'm preaching right now. If there's one thing that I am praying for is that, Lord Jesus, let my life be a greater testimony of you than any word that I've ever spoken and I have ever preached. So you might be there today and you, you are asking yourself, how can I respond to this word? Well, it's very simple. The first step for you is to come to yourself and realize that nothing you do Nothing you do out of yourself will help you or make you to become. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you need to focus on Him. Not on circumstances, not on situation, not on things that have happened, but on Him. Because when you look to Him, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we look upon Him, we realize ourselves. We realize our mission. We realize our mandate. And our faith is made strong. And our courage is brought up. And we realize that we're actually not supposed to be afraid. But we are supposed to stand. Everybody is going to respond differently to this pandemic. But I just implore you and I, I hope that you will respond on the offense. You will realize that you are not meant to be afraid. You are meant to take courage and stand your ground through Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans chapter number 8, as he continues, he says something which is very powerful. He talks about how that we should be mind the things of the Spirit and that the Spirit of the Lord helps us to pray because we don't know how to pray for as we ought ourselves. But in that narrative, he speaks about people who become. He speaks about people who have shifted from making to becoming. He says, these people, they have in them the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. These people are not just any ordinary groups of people. These people, the earnest of creation, waited with anticipation because they are waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Because this is not just any people. This is a peculiar nation. This is not just any people. These are the priests. These are the people that are going to heal the sick. These are the people that are going to preach the gospel. These are the people that are going to shake the world. And, and he's saying these people don't just only make a difference. These people are the difference. Then he says, likewise, in verse number 26, chapter number 8 of Romans, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, if you look at the word um, helpeth in that specific text, it speaks of joint help. If you talk about a joint help, you are talking about somebody who is helping you as if they are in the situation themselves. So joint help, furthermore, just to explain it, 
it is an assistant afforded to any two persons to each other who mutually bear the same load or carry it between them. So it means that if he is interceding for us, if the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, the Bible says he is carrying the same load as you are carrying. So when you are praying with groanings that cannot be uttered, when the Holy Spirit helps you pray, he is carrying what you're carrying. He's carrying the burden for the lost. He is carrying the burden to reach out to the community. He's carrying the burden of preaching the gospel. And he helps you to carry the load that you have in your life. So when we speak about becoming, it's no longer you, but it is him who prays through you. And brothers and sisters, if he can pray through you, he can live through you. And, and this, this, this particular text is trying to encourage us at all times that we are not alone, that he is with us and he's making intercession for us with groanings that cannot be answered. So sometimes we will not be able to pray. Sometimes we will not be able, we will not know what to say. But there is a spirit who is shifting us from making a difference to becoming a difference, from, from, from knowing what the load is to carrying it, from, from knowing what is expected from the Christian to doing it, from knowing what the word says to actually doing what the word says, because those are two different things. Many Christians know the word, but few Christians do the word. And therefore today we want to make a shift from making a difference to becoming a difference, from knowing the truth to living by the truth, from knowing that God heals the sick to healing the sick, from knowing that we should be preaching to actually preaching the gospel, from knowing that we should be loving to actually loving people. So I call upon you, brothers and sisters, to stand up in faith and start moving from making to becoming. People will remember those who made a difference, but their footprints will be left in the heart by those who are a difference because that life is speaking much more volumes than anything else and anything that you can ever think or dream of doing. Who you are is much more important than what you do. So I applaud you. I call upon you. Start becoming. Start changing your focus from things that we're doing and from things that you can have to things that you can be because God has made you to be the answer in this situation. God has made you to be the love. God has made you to be the healer. God has made you to be the forgiver. God has called you to be the giver. God has called you to be the difference. God has called you to be the solution. We're not going to wait for the solution from coronavirus to come from the government or anywhere because we have Christians that are seated in their home today and God is calling them to be the answer and be the difference instead of waiting for the answer to come from anywhere else. I hope you are encouraged. I hope you are excited and I hope that this word is stirring something inside of you because God says I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. I have made you to come and not just to so I want you to just pray with me this morning as we believe God that greater things are yet to come. That the church is the answer to this dying world. Lord Jesus, I pray for each and every person that has heard this word this morning. Lord, I pray even for myself, God, that... You know, we, we know these truths, we preach about these truths, but when will the day come where we start living these things and becoming these things, Lord? I pray that your Holy Spirit may just descend afresh on us, Lord, so that even as young people across the globe listening to this word, Lord, we may be stirred up to take our ground and start becoming and start living out what we believe and not just be hearers only, but doers as well. 
And Lord, I also know that there are people who just need to receive you today. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you will just do that transformation in their life. Whoever is there at home who says, I need this, Jesus. I need to start becoming a difference and not just making a difference. Holy Spirit, I pray that your spirit and your loving kindness may just be upon them and transform them and change them so that, Lord, your life may be ambient in theirs. All of this just for the glory of your name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Be established. Continue growing and knowing God. And remember, greater things are yet to come. Do not be discouraged because God is for us. Therefore, who can be against us? Have a blessed Sunday further. Amen and amen. Amen.